What's up? Welcome to the AV Club Podcast. My guest today is Tim Kennedy, a good buddy of mine. Tim is an avid hunter, a fisherman, and a lover of all things outdoors. I'm talking lover. I'm talking he kiss a tree, he'll make out with the grass. Doesn't matter. All that is in his wheelhouse. We talked about hunting. We talked about learning how to hunt. We talked about Tim's experiences when he was first starting and then some of his cooler experiences being a more knowledgeable hunter. And it was good. I learned a ton and I hope you do too if you're ever interested in getting into hunting. So without further ado, Tim Kennedy. Uh, All right, bro. We're we're rolling by the way. So just... That's good, man. Yeah. Um, Tim Kennedy, bro. How are you? Man, I'm so glad to see you. Um, It's so good being here. How have you been, man? You interview me. Yeah, I'm gonna. You interview me. How's it going? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, it's been going well. Uh, I see that you're doing your own thing, and when I heard you're doing your own podcast, I was like, no way. I was like, I have to, I have to tune in. So yes way. And then when you're, hey man, you want to be on it? I was flattered. I was. Were you really? Be honest. This is my serious space. Okay. I was on. Okay. That's cool. It's really, it's fun to, it's fun. First of all, it's super mm-hmm. fun. I've had. I've had, this is my eighth episode we'll be recording right now. And so Golly, already? Yeah, I know, right? So uh, two of them were over Zoom, mm-hmm. which is still cool, but definitely not like this. It's kind of cool seeing the lights and having the camera on and, oh, and yeah. all that stuff. But um, absolutely. the first two, I was so nervous. Like, actually, just the first one. The second one was Daniel. So I was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> it's hard, it, it was yeah. harder for me to do Daniel, though, than for me to do the, the guest I had first, which his name is Ben, mm-hmm. and he's uh, the pastor Awake of church. the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Church, yeah yes, yeah. sir. And he, it was just cool to talk to him. I didn't yeah. know anything about him, so it was easy to ask the questions and stuff. And, and with Daniel, I was like, dude, I know everything. Like, everything I'm asking you is literally not for me. It's for everybody else, which mm-hmm. which is the point, but mm-hmm. it'll get it'll get easier as it goes. It's been fun so far, and... I've already learned a ton. Like, yeah. you looked at my first video compared to the now. One I just yeah, did. it's gotten progressively better. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, man. So, Tim, Tim Christina, <laughs> so we're gonna wait till some <laughs> quote, some movie quote. So we've worked together before. Mm. Uh, you know me. Uh, I mean, I would say intimately. We've had some car rides together at San Antonio, and mm. I think you are one of the select people that to see my. How I act behind the wheel of a vehicle <laughs> when when there are people that are mismanaging their vehicles. Um, oh, dude, that's so funny. So so you know me pretty well, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to kind of dive into this. We, we've talked about this high level on some trips um, mm-hmm. that we've had together together, but I think it's going to be cool, like conceptually, just to voice ideas. And the older I get, I love just talking about ideas with people. So yeah, dude, that's cool. But you're not even old, bro. Thanks, man. <laughs> you, I've known you did every. 32 years young. 32 years young. I know. Young. I feel like I'm just I met, starting. I met you, you like know? a year ago, bro. Like a year, Time a little over a year ago. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. I remember we were talking about podcasts when we first Yeah. Met I think that was like the first car ride we had. We yeah. talked about podcasts. It's crazy. And how you had a podcast idea. I did. And if yeah. you're willing to say that, I just don't want people to steal it, but I don't, there's probably seven people that listen to this. Oh, so. man. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a lot more than that. And it's not my idea. It's, it's, it's anyone's. It's free, right? So it's, it's no, first-generation hunting. And what I mean by that is I didn't grow up hunting. I didn't, I didn't grow up with like my, my pappy, my grandpappy teaching my dad, and my dad teaching me. It, it didn't happen. Right. My dad was a full bird colonel in the Air Force, so we moved every two years, right? Mm-hmm. So the older I got... The, the more I wanted to to dive into being like self-sufficient and, and like knowing where my food is coming from. Um, and so I decided to, you know, get into hunting. 
Um, and it, it was, it's easy with the, like the whole um, meat eater and, and Steve Rennell and things on Netflix and diving into that mm-hmm. culture and be like, oh, I want to be a part of that. But it's deeper than that, man. It's yeah. like knowing where your food came from, going out and harvesting your food and, and having such an appreciation for the animal to study its habits, knowing its habitat, knowing its mating schedules, and then pursuing that. Um, and like in, in pursuit of an animal to, to harvest it. So that's kind of what I'm, what I wanted to have is, is more of a, say like primal instinct. Cause hunting has been a part of humans for how many years, right? Since the beginning, beginning of time. Right. right and, yeah. um, so that was the overall concept was, okay, I didn't grow up doing this. Let me dive into it now, appreciate mm-hmm. it, understand it, educate, and then go, you know, actually, you know, execute. So I've been hunting um, for about three years now, like really, really hunting. This is going to nice. be my third season coming up. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of high level what what the whole podcast was about. Yeah. And I think that when more people <laughs> understand the why behind the what, more people will get into it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just circumventing the whole meat industry, but it's like it's a more pure, purest form of like going out, cultivating your meat, knowing where it's coming from. And then I believe that one of the things that bring people of all walks of life together is food. And if you can share that with people and just like, hey, look, I I think that's just like, it's a beautiful thing, you know? Yeah, that is true, dude. Food. I mean, I love food. I've never hunted, but I love food. So you're absolutely right. You do love food. What, um, (laughs) what, so besides that, what else inspired you to hunt? Like, did you, did you happen to see like a any sort of video or did you just were one day where you're like, oh, I'll try it. I'll no, what's funny, uh, you should say that is growing up, I, I hunting never appealed to me because it, I fixated on the, the killing, the actual killing of the animal. Yeah. And that didn't resonate well with me. And I think it doesn't resonate well with a lot of people. Yeah, and I, I understand agree. that. I would agree. There's nothing pretty about death. Right. Um, but again, understanding the why behind the what is I love being outside. I love camping. I'm an mm-hmm. Eagle Scout. Like I grew up doing that. It's, it's this, but we won't go into that. Oh, sorry, brother. Uh, <laughs> and so um, it, it's being outside for one, and then it, it's it is putting like skills together to pursue the animal. So it is like a challenge, and it's rising to the occasion. And then once you do cultivate that animal and you do harvest it, like it's it, it it's a rewarding feeling that that I I just can't explain. It's inevitable. Like mm-hmm. once you have it, you feel so proud. It's like that is your trophy. And you're a provider. And as a male instinct, that is such like a fulfillment. Like, I am a provider. Like the you ego know? kind of thing kicks in a little bit with that one. Yeah. yeah and it's like, it is purpose driven. It's like, yeah. yeah, now I feel like, yeah. So that's kind of like cool. where and why I got into it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like necessarily a show or, or a magazine or, or a news article I read or a yeah. book. It was just kind of putting everything together. Yeah. You know? It's so weird to me seeing like, of course, I don't follow anybody or know anybody that like trophy hunts. Yeah. But of course, you do come across the occasional post on Twitter or whatever. And then obviously magazines, if you ever ran into like a hunting magazine, there's usually some sort of trophy oh, yeah. pictures in there, which I'm not like that kind of, I don't know. Being a person that doesn't hunt, that kind of throws me off. I'm like, why are they killing these kind of like cooler animals? You could say, you know, quote unquote. But why? What's your, what are your thoughts on trophy hunting? First of all, because I I didn't I don't think I've ever heard your opinion on that one. Um, so yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I like to try and stay as neutral as possible because if it's hunting, there's all facets of hunting, and mm-hmm. just because I don't like to hunt that way 
doesn't mean it's like wrong or right. Everyone has their preference, right? I like some that. guys only like to big game hunt or trophy hunt, mm -hmm. which I understand if that's their forte, that's their forte. Right. Um, to kind of take a step back and then, and then I'll, I'll go into where my mindset's at is when I first started hunting, man, talk about a guy that's doing it wrong. What I mean by wrong is <laughs> hunting from a ground blind with a rifle and a bipod, you know, just with the feeder in front of you, just like the bear raw Texas sit down and wait for the deer to come in front of you and shoot it kind of thing. Right. Right. Um, that wasn't really fulfilling to me and right. I it didn't feel like really hunting to me, but for some guys that is all the, like all the excitement they need. Right. And they share so many good times with their families with that there's nothing wrong with that. You know? Yeah. So that said, I wanted more of a challenge and I moved into bow hunting. Oh yeah. And then instead of hunting from a ground blind, I'd, I'd go into a tree stand and, you know, I would wait and not just hunt a feeder. I would, I would actually like understand their, their, um, their movements and, and what transitions they're going to. So diving into that, I, I decided to not, you know, hunt with a rifle and a bullet anymore and have that advantage rather than just, um, um, bow and arrow and right. kind of have more of a challenge if you will yeah so that slowly started to turn into look i don't really care what comes you know I don't, i'm not looking you know if a huge buck comes along and it's a great shot and it presents itself i'll take it and i mm -hmm. felt comfortable that's that's great um but this year i only got two dough i say only i only took the shots of two dough that i was mm -hmm. comfortable with and i'm fully okay with that filled my freezer you know i saw a lot of good deer this season man a lot of good deer just watching them really and that's because i have an appreciation for it so it's not about just cool. the hunting yeah just watching them in their natural environment that's a super honorable and respectful and yeah. to me it sounds a little bit more ethical because if you don't have like a clean shot like i've mm -hmm. heard you know stories of like you you taking a shot because you're supposed to hit them in the vitals right the lung or the heart sure yeah or just anywhere that's going to drop them as quickly yeah, as exactly. possible. Yeah, you would like to double lung them, if you will. Like, as a bow, I'd like to double lung them. So, it just it's the fastest way, to, in my opinion, to expire that animal. Yeah. Um, and it's the most humane. Um, it's pretty much they'll just right. get tired and go to sleep. Okay. Know? So, mm -hmm. that's that's cool that you don't take shots that you don't actually 100% feel comfortable with. Because, I mean, otherwise, the animal probably will suffer a little bit. So right. It's and, cool that you try to avoid that. Yeah, and everyone probably has heard a horror story. I'm sure there's thousands out there. Um, but mm -hmm. I think nowadays people are starting to have such a conservation mindset that they are moving to educate, you know, younger and younger generations, especially the female population. It's so awesome to see female hunters start to rise right now. That's really cool. Um, and just younger, younger hunters, you know, just, again, educate, you know, our, our next generation. Yeah. And then, you know, let them decide from there as far as conservation. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and to tie it all with the trophy hunting, like I said, if something comes along, that's great. But it's just the art, you know. And mm. it's just like fishing. Like, if you get that big bass or whatnot, it's amazing. But the tug is the sure. drug. Like, just doing it. That's that's the, the fun, the art, you yeah. know. It, it's the holistic getting up early, putting in the work, patience, 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 mm. seeing it, controlling yourself. And then finishing it, and then the real work begins, as as everyone says. Once mm -hmm. the animal's down, once you're done tugging, once once you're done tugging on that bow and releasing it, that's correct. You said the tug is the drug. Yeah, so like for fishing, you know, when it tugs and you and you set that hook, oh, they say okay. the tug is the drug. For fishing, so, okay. yeah, that makes sense. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm glad we clarified. That's funny, dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I try not to, you know. Anyways, oh, 
so you've been hunting for three years? Yeah, three seasons that I've, three uh, seasons. Had, okay. that I've had my deer lease in Lampastis. Uh, I was actually blessed enough to have a, a buddy, a college buddy of mine, have a, a pretty good sized ranch in Lampastis yeah. and uh, offered us um, to, to lease out to hunt it this season. So, um, and for the past two seasons. So we we're, were able to hunt dove, uh, duck, and um, deer and turkey. So. That's, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you've explained this to me once before, but I have, up until you did, I had no idea what a lease was. Like mm-hmm. obviously you like lease a house or you lease a car or mm-hmm. more likely a car, right? Is that's like the most common thing you lease. Yeah. But like with land, I didn't understand. I thought it meant like, yeah, I have a deer lease out, you know, because growing up, my high school buddies would be like, yeah, I'm going out to my deer lease. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. I just assumed it meant right. I cool. just assumed it meant they had like a chunk of land that they owned mm-hmm. and would go hunt at. But I'm like, now I understand that it's like you, you pay for you basically you're like renting out that space in order to hunt on it, right? Yeah, that's right. So the uh, the ranch that I hunt on, the lease that I hunt on, we have a back three hundred acres that I, I pay wow. X amount uh, per year to hunt, excuse me, within the, the amount of like hunting season times. So we um we'll do that. And a lot of times people with ranches and, and they'll they'll let that out, they'll lease that out. Um, to pay for the taxes on the land, mm. which in the case that I do, that's what they do. That's what he does. Yeah, just to pay out the taxes on the land, they'll charge us. So he's not trying to, you know, get rich scheme or anything like right. that. Um, it, it's about, you know, land management, deer management. He lets us cultivate deer, feed our family, um, stuff like that. It is, and we pay the taxes pretty much. That's dope. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yep. I haven't been out there. I need to go out there. Yeah, you do. I keep saying that. And you know how giddy I was on Fridays. They're like, you go going to the lease? I'm like, yeah, don't talk to me. I'm checked out. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I was talking to Taylor. We just get the mic just a little closer. Sorry, bro. Just, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was talking to Taylor, and I told her that one time we were leaving work, and I remember you told me that you had uh, you were going to the lease that weekend. Mm-hmm. I guess it was on a Friday. So you had two tubs in the back of your truck, and one of them had your clothes in it that were like unscented like that you had clean and you yeah. like taking the scent off yeah and i told her that uh i forgot what we were talking about but i told her i was like yeah i i, I threatened tim to put my scent on his clothes so that the deers don't come near him and yeah. i just it's funny it was hilarious yeah absolutely <laughs> um and you think i mean deer it's so crazy how well their senses are yeah um and when they i mean they, these are animals that that their whole lives are skittish because everything hunts them right like <laughs> And well, in Texas, the biggest predator are hunters um, for True. deer. Uh, but it's so awesome just watching them, watching their mannerisms, and and seriously, the slight scent that they catch. And and bucks will circle just to catch all wind, like all scent from all directions. And if they hit something, they're gone. If something does not smell natural, it it is just like clockwork. They'll throw their nose up, and it's like you're busted. Dang. And it's just like bye. That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I took. You know the necessary precautions to make yeah. sure I don't have sense. What do you do? Do you spray yourself with uh, urine? What do you do? <laughs> no. <laughs> spritz, just like a little spritz of urine on the yeah, neck, yeah, on the wrists. Uh, Aaron, um, no. Um, so what? What a lot of guys do, and again, it's all preference. Um, feces. No, no. What, what, what I do, I don't know what guys do, but what, I'll tell you what I do is I do wash my clothes in in like a dead downwind scent free um, detergent. Uh, I let them air dry. Uh, I put them in a bag and I keep them in one of those. Uh, tubs with like a ground scent or something that smells like the earth um, and I keep that away from everything until I'm ready to to hunt that morning and then I break it all open so I've had success with it That's I really cool. get busted to the point where I'm in my stand and deer are like bedded down right below me mm. um, so stuff like that. dang so what kind of hunting do you prefer because I know that you, you mentioned 
that on your lease you're able to hunt for a turkey mm-hmm. dove and uh deer what do you what do you prefer to hunt or like is there a preference for you or that's a fair question um i, I would say that every hunt has its own like excitement just like if you're fishing depending on what you're fishing for saltwater fishing like okay. you know uh, the the red snapper that we we're fishing for, or what are you talking about? <laughs> that, that we were fishing for, <laughs> yeah, I didn't or fish. or like a bass, or like you know, it just depends. It's just a different, it's a different lens and a different like excitement. So okay. for Turkey, sense. which coincidentally opens up for Lampasas County next weekend, um, twenty was that the twenty sixth, twenty seventh? Uh, so it might be two weekends then. No, I think it's next week. It's uh before April, April third. April 3rd's opening day. April 3rd is like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? No. Thursday? That's not. No, you're right. It's uh, 29th, 30th. It doesn't matter. It's like, I think it's two weeks though. Gotcha. So anyway, it's coming up and I'm pretty geeked out. Um, So that, that's, turkey uh, are are really like, they're not good on scent. So what I mean by that is like, you can be sitting on the base of a tree, just camoed up, not moving, and they'll come right up to you pretty much, especially if you're calling them in. Um, they're just way better on movement. So you want to be as still as possible. Um, so that's just a fun and different hunt is being set up against a tree with a shotgun or a bow and calling them in and watching all these turkey come into you and having decoys in front of you and watching this big old uh, tom, which is that big old turkey with the fan. Oh, okay. And we'll have props out here for a minute to show you guys. But that turkey with the fan comes out. And he'll, he'll come to your decoys and be like, hey, I'm alpha. I'm the king guy. What are you doing here? And then it's right in front of you, and then you you take your shot. You know? Do you ever manually, um, what did you say? Um, what was the word you used for kill? Harvest. You said harvest. You also said... Uh, ex- cultivate. Ex- cultivate. You said but I meant to say harvest. Yeah. Do you ever manually kill the thing? Do you ever kill them with your bare hands is what I'm asking? Um... Fair question. My, the, my first turkey I've ever shot, um, I shot with a shotgun. Again, it was, uh, before I started bow hunt, um, yeah. shot with the shotgun. It wasn't the cleanest shot, so it was like it was going to expire. So expire, yeah, expire. Um, so before it did, kind of like when when you uh, when you hunt duck, when you hunt bird or waterfowl or dove, when you pick it up, you kind of do this twirl thing and you break the neck. Okay. You know? <laughs> Funny story. I don't know if you've, you've been that close to a turkey Never. before, a Jake turkey, which is like a younger turkey. It's not like a full grown, like. So Jake's tom. are younger, Tom's are bigger? Yeah, so it's Tom's are like the big old breasts with the beards. Like they'll have like a, a beard coming out of their chest Ooh. and like, yep, and, and, the, and the red and all. Like what you think of Thanksgiving turkey right. yeah. is like a big old Tom. Jake's are a little bit younger, still legal to shoot. And then you have hens, which are the females. Okay. So I shot a Jake. Um, he, he hadn't expired. So I don't know if you've seen a turkey up close, but, um, they actually have like these like kind of like talon like claws, if you will. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. it's pretty, pretty crazy. So it, it wasn't moving until I, I approached it obviously. And then it got its last little you know, squirt of life, if you will. And oh. the talons were killing. And my best friend, Sean was looking at me just laughing because I'm like, I'm trying to swing this turkey and break its neck, and I'm sorry for the visual mental picture I'm putting in the head, but this thing is just like clawing at me, and I'm like holding my breath and <laughs> like just, you know, and I can just probably look like an idiot. Um, so to to answer your question, sometimes yes, you have to manually go kill it and then break the neck. So. That's crazy. Um, I, I don't want to get. And that's the thing about hunting is like 
as you hunt, the more you hunt, the cleaner it gets, if you will. I mean, I'm not always all the time, but mm. you know, you understand it a little bit more. You understand the vitals. You understand like how to you know kill a, an animal in the most humane po- way possible. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, that truly that does make sense. Yeah. You understand how to kill it without mm-hmm. it suffering or or clawing at you. Yeah, and like, yeah, why exactly. why are they called Jakes and Toms? What does that even mean? So that that's just like why why is a buck called a buck and why is like you know a cow elk a cow elk? It's just you know the way that that they oh. they've, they've named it. And just like a harem of elk or oh. a, a murder of crow. Oh, nice. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I've got it. a crow. I've, I've got, got it. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, so many inside jokes. These people are gonna be like me and me and Tim. So whenever Tim came into the office, uh, we were working at before we moved to Georgetown. Like we didn't really know him. I, oh, so the first let me tell this story real quick. The first time I ever met Tim Kennedy sitting in front of me was my first day as a, a real estate photographer. I had just gone through training. Was I had this just. At the- uh, Typhoon or is it Faux House? Faux House, yeah. yeah. House. <laughs> so I had just gone through all the training, all the all the necessary steps in order for me to go take these photos on my own, right? And I had my own personal camera, but we used the company's camera, mm-hmm. uh, which was way more expensive than mine. And there's a lens on it that's way more expensive than my whole camera setup. So I had it was a couple so grand lens or something. A couple grand the lens and yeah. then the, the camera combined. So it was like a big big deal, right? Like you kind of have like a lot of money on you when you oh, yeah. when you're holding these cameras yeah. and. I went to this first house by myself. I remember it was in Dripping Springs, I believe, and I was killing it. I was doing good. And was he there with you? Was it no. the tutorial? Oh, this was your solo? This your was my solo. My first solo uh, shoot ever. Like ever. First one that. by myself. Okay. The lady that was there, she was the she was like the house manager. She kept the house like took care of it, gotcha. unlocked the door, gotcha. opened the door for yep. people and yep. um she was there. She was cool. She like she's like, yeah, I know a little bit about cameras, and like I was like, cool. Like, did she sound get just out of like my that? Sh- yeah, she did. Okay. And I was like, cool. That's cool. Get out of my shot. You know, get out of the way. I'm taking pictures. You know, like I'm here to do a job here, lady. Yeah. Uh, help me. Help you. Yeah. Lock the door and unlock it when I say get out of the, the shot. You know. But she was like doing. She was talking to her boyfriend on the phone or something, and I was about to take a picture of the kitchen, slash like living room to show like the open space or whatever. And then I was like, how the, how the hell do you adjust this camera? Because my, my framing was off. Yeah. So I was like, okay, uh, this tripod's new to me, but I, I, I remember him telling me that this thing right here, you switch this uh, in order to adjust the, the framing of the camera. Mm-hmm. And so I, I hit it, but what I, un, what I hit was the latch that secured the lock of the camera. That to, little thing on the bottom? To the tripod. Yeah. I hit the latch unlocked it and the camera lens sticks out about like you know this far so and so it's front heavy and yeah. so as soon as i did that it went and it fell and i was like did your heart drop dude my heart dropped i was so like, scared i was did you have like a shock in your body like yeah that? i was miserable i was so i was like i don't know what to do and then a couple pieces fell off so i picked up the pieces and i was like oh my gosh this isn't turning on i was like what do I do? I had been working there for, you know, like three weeks before this. And yeah. so I was like, in my head, no joke, this is what I was thinking. I was like, okay, this camera costs about, you know, this camera body is about $2,000. The lens is about $1,000. So uh, I think 
the amount of time I've worked here, I probably made that much. If not, I had a little bit before. And so um, I'm just going to carry I'm the just, one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm just going <laughs> to pay the camera off, give him the money. And then I'm going back home. Cause I had just moved to Marble Falls. I was like, I'll just move back. It's not a big deal. I'll just, I'll just move back. That I'm all take my toys my home and go home. Yes. Oh my gosh. And, yeah. and so I was like, Oh my God. Like what I tried to fix it. I Googled it. Yeah. I was like, do you know how to, I asked her and I was, she was like, um, yeah, let me see it. And so I let her have it and she turned it off, turned it back on, turned it off, turned it back on. I was, I was like, I just did that. And you're not going to fix it by doing that. And so anyways, I called Matt. I was like, bro, I, I broke your camera. And I was like about to cry. I was so yeah. scared. And then he was super calm about it and super chill. And he was like, dude, it's okay. Just, uh, you know, we'll call Best Buy and we'll, we have a warranty on it. No worries. Mm -hmm. uh, and so later that day we met up. I met up with Tim. Matt and Daniel, I'm over here name dropping, met up with all these guys at this place called Fall House in Bee Cave, Texas. And it was uh, the first time I'd been there too. And mm -hmm. they were about to film a video for the- It was a commercial. Yeah, like a little commercial for yeah. like the food. And so I met Tim and <laughs> I, don't know, I don't remember the joke he made to me, but you made a joke about me dropping the camera, like no joke five minutes after yeah. meeting. It was so, so funny. So so it was funny because so before I met you because I, I was working at a different job in that same general area and I met them for lunch and uh, Matt was like hey man I'm gonna bring the two guys that that you know we hired on I, I want you to meet them kind of get a feel for them but don't say anything about Aaron dropping the camera that's what he, he verbatimly told me that <laughs> so inevitably I was like well if this guy's cool I'm gonna say something and he's gonna he's gonna be cool about it yeah. um, so I was like oh hey Aaron hey Daniel hey uh, you're the guy from UMHB cool you're the guy that dropped the camera right <laughs> yeah. and you're just like 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 you're like okay this guy sucks <laughs> dude yeah I was I was miserable that day yeah man. I was like that was the one of the weirdest feelings is mm -hmm. I was like I just broke somebody else's toy I'm like <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble but you know what's funny is that the bottom that holds the camera uh, battery in place mm -hmm. yeah popped off mm -hmm. and, and that's why it wouldn't turn on because yeah. it needed that little yeah there's like a little yeah. safety thing in there that yeah. I, guess, I guess it's a safety thing but if that's not on there then the camera doesn't yeah, turn it needs on that little so thing. Matt put it on there and popped it on he was like hey you're good mm -hmm. and uh like, oh, yeah that was horrible that was a horrible Lord. day yeah I couldn't I couldn't relax I was so my stress level was just climbing oh, it was yeah. horrible yep oh trust me I've been there man it's uh it's funny because we we do the same. We used to do the same job. So yeah, we had all the same stories. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, anyways, back to hunting. Yeah, hunting one hundred and one. Yeah, I did want to show you this though. So this was uh, the turkey fan. So what a lot of guys do is uh, they'll take the fan of the turkey, they'll take the beard, and they'll take the talons that have the spurs or like these little like thumb things, if you will, mm -hmm. and they'll and they'll kind of decorate it and they'll fan it out and they'll put it on the wall. But I just wanted to kind of show you that. This is crazy. So you can oh, see that's like the fan soft. of the turkey. Yeah. And so you can feel the down feathers. Up. Don't look at the bottom of that, but it's all crested. and uh, Weak stomach. It's um, cool looking. But when I go hunting in a few weeks, I'm going to use that fan because they're going to see that fan when I start to call. And they're going to be like, oh my gosh, there's another. Who's that? I'm, I'm more bigger in the baddest one in the land. Really? Yeah. That's really how this works? Mm -hmm. And that's, that, that's half the reason why I it's kept one from last year's because that's legit. You first know. of all, this is super soft. Yeah. I want some, uh, mm -hmm. want and some I don't know if you can hear, but like, this, so this is the wing of the turkey. And I don't know if this will pick it up, but... So when you, when you hear them take off, man, you can... I mean, they sound pretty, pretty yeah, crazy. Um, yeah, so it's like... That's cool. Yeah. And it's really great to use these for training labs for feathers. Point it at the, the camera real quick. So. 
Yeah. Anyways, that's cool. So I wanted to show you those. Um, it's kind of cool. I kept them for last so year. That's so soft, dude. Yeah, it, it's nuts, right? And they're they're beautiful. Ugh. And uh, and I have a present for you at the end of this. So. No. Yeah. You got me a turkey? A tom? No. A full tom. You're going to no. kill it yourself. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> It's kill your and, own time day. Man, uh, I wish I wish you you saw that. I wish you had that on film because it, it was be so tough. it was just so unathletic for oh. someone like like me to like try and, and kill this turkey. But um, you're a pretty athletic have guy too, so I imagine it's you're a strong pup. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a very it was a lesson learned, but um, it, it's great. I actually had some of that turkey this past Thanksgiving. Um, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So we actually, what I did was because I have, you know, nieces and nephews and, and, and smaller kids, I just stripped it out and, and dipped them in batter and egg wash and batter and just fried them. Okay. So they pretty much had turkey sticks, if you will. Oh, that's chicken cool. Chicken nuggets. They had no idea they were eating wild game. So it's kind of a good way to introduce it to, to kids or someone yeah. that doesn't really like, like wild game. So that's freaking awesome. That's really smart, actually. Yaman, yeah, it's not bad. Yaman, yeah, Yaman. Yeah, <laughs> um, have you had any? So I guess you you've been hunting for the last three seasons, but I know yeah. that you have been to I believe Colorado to hunt. Was that elk? Yeah. How yeah. was that? And what's the difference between that and just regular hunting? Oh wow. Um, so if you if you've never had the opportunity to hunt elk, I suggest you should do it. And. It is one of the toughest, most like gut checking, um, adventurous, like ex- things you can do. I mean, it, it was it's absolutely nuts. And so the first experience I've ever had elk hunting, I was I wouldn't say hired. I was brought along to help you know pack it out if if we got one. Right, right. And to film it and take pictures and kind of document the hunt. Okay. So. So pretty much I was, I was told, Hey, you're going to get a camera. You're going to be in nature. All I need you is take pictures. Okay. And you can have some meat if, if you want. So right. I was like, cool. You know, it was great. I don't know if you've like seen where the elk habitat are. Colorado. Yeah. They're, they're in the mountains pretty good, man. And it's not like the, you know, nice side of the mountain where everything's great. No, it, it's, they're in some pretty nasty thick stuff, man. And you are all day. Like, so you wake up early. Imagine this. You wake up early before the sun comes up. It's cold. You get your stuff on. You get to just the trailhead, not even the trail, the trailhead. You got to park and whatnot. Start walking. Start walking in the dark, and you're going through the thick, right? You're going up. You're going down. You're going up just to go back down and just to go back up. <laughs> and eventually the sun comes or is like starting to come up. You start to just get a soft light. And right. that's, you know, animals move in, in early morning and towards the night, right? Right. conceptually that's what we're thinking because we don't hunt elk we hunt white-tailed deer in oh, texas right. so we're like let's just do the same tactics that we will right, we'll right. hunt white-tailed uh, deer so we sit down we post up i'm filming we're seeing mule deers jump it's beautiful it's so cool watching mule deer um they're jumping around unfortunately we didn't have a mule deer tag and and let me back uh. up and say is the great thing about colorado and archery season in colorado is you can literally get an elk tag a cow elk or a bull elk tag over the counter what that means is you can literally go purchase it for x amount of dollars and then go hike the san juan national forest in search of the elk that you purchase whether it be a bull elk right a male elk or a cow elk a female so we had over the counter 
so anybody tax. could do this. Anyone could do this, yeah. So that, that's wow. a great thing. So the that. unit, and so Colorado is divided into units. Mm-hmm. So certain subsections of like where you can hunt. Exactly. So this one was unit 80. <laughs> and this, this is the first unit as you cross the border. So inevitably, a lot of people hunt that because okay. it's right there. Yeah, it makes sense. So we're going through the thick of it. It's four in the morning. You're getting up. You're tired. You know, you get some chow in you. It starts to get soft light. You post up. You get a little cold because you're not moving anymore. You wait. You hope for a, an animal to come within shooting distance. And that's like for most guys... 20 or 30 yards. Okay. With yeah. a bow. With, with a, bow. a bow. Yeah. 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 Comfortably shooting. Right. Um, and then, you know, you sit, you sit, you sit. Well, we sat till about 10. Didn't see much. And 4 a.m. to 10? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Like 10, like 10 a.m. Wow. Chill. Go hike around for a little bit more. Find a nice little place to chill. Have some chow, some lunch or whatnot. And then pretty much stay off your feet for a little bit. Then go hike again to another area. When the sun starts setting, same thing, kind of post up and wait for something. Mm-hmm. If you don't see anything, you got to hike back to the truck in the dark, hike back to your camp, drive back to your camp. And then by then, you've hiked so much that you're just exhausted. Wow. And all you want to do is eat some food and go to sleep. But in doing this four or five days in a row, yeah, your body starts to just get used to it. And oh, you feel cool. like you can just keep doing it. That's cool. You know? Yeah. So... Yeah, that was my first experience uh, elk hunting, not really knowing what I was getting into. Uh, up for the challenge, love walking and hiking in the, um, you know, up and down in the woods and whatnot. But it was really cool. We saw all the mule deer. We saw uh, coyotes. We saw uh, black bear and her cubs. Oh, shoot. Um, and her cub? That's scary. Cubs. Yeah. So, yeah. So everything but elk. So we, we came home empty-handed, which in the biz they called eating uh, tag soup, meaning... <laughs> You paid for it, but you didn't get it. So. <laughs> Eating tag soup? Eating tag soup is what they call it. Dang. Yeah. Dude, I was about to say, the craziest thing about hunting, it just no matter if it's elk or whatever, is like you're not guaranteed to get something, huh? which is nuts. Because like you could be out there for a week and not get anything, or like yeah. X amount of time, like as long as you were out there, yeah. there's no guarantee you're coming back with anything. Exactly. And, and to give a ballpark figure, like think about the time off from work. Think about the gas money to get there. Yeah. Think about the food, the groceries. Think about the tag itself, which is, you know, north of six hundred dollars for an elk. For for a cow or bull, um, bull elk. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, as well as you know whatever your other expenses would be, whether it's equipment, whether it's you know water, whether it's you know a yeah. hotel, mm-hmm. whatever you know. Think about all that, and not getting, not harvesting that anything, and not yeah. getting anything back. Yeah, you know? that's wild. And, and the crazy question is, was it worth it? Absolutely. That's awesome. Absolutely. That's cool. And then that's why I'll go back every year. That's cool. Are you going to try to go back every year? Yeah. So uh, kind of got smarter and branched out with uh, networking. So I will still over-the-counter public land hunt next year. Okay. Or this year, rather, in, uh, in uh, September. But in late November, the second rifle season in Colorado... Uh, have a client that has a ranch and will let us go harvest to um, cow elk. Yeah, at a discounted price. So what? regardless, elk will be harvested. So yeah, so we got our first two cow elk last year, and Are we literally once we got it, we put it, we we quartered it out, put it on ice, like put a tarp down, just packed um, like bags of ice in it from a convenience store. Yeah, put another tarp over it, tied it down, and drove it to Texas because it was so cold. And is this was in um. Colorado Springs, not Colorado Springs, excuse me, um, 
Steamboat Springs, so it's kind of okay. like North Colorado. It was so cold all the way up to like Amarillo that we just drove it. And you want air to hit your the carcass. Like you want it to air out that meat. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so it was just easy. We, as soon as we killed it, we we're like, all right, it's 4.30. Let's head to Texas. And we got into Texas at like you know, 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Oh, my gosh. Had to, had to start deboning it and all that. So it was crazy. So, that's awesome. Yeah. So th- that's a recent thing you found that that person in uh, for it's that's rifle you said yeah rifle so okay. again I, I didn't go shoot but I, I shot with the camera so I was there to document okay um so yeah it, it, it was awesome how uh, are you how are you gonna be able to get one yourself like shoot mm-hmm. it with a gun or a, or a bow right so what I'm going is I'm I'll have a tag this season in September and okay. I will go in the backwoods by myself or with a, a partner and then go hike and actually try and go hunt mm-hmm. one with the right or excuse me with the bow. So, this year's, um, excuse me, last year, so the most recent elk hunt, it was quite the anomaly because there was a snowstorm in southern Colorado that hadn't happened in 30 years. Yeah. So, it threw off a lot of hunting and it threw off a lot of hunters. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So, trying to hunt elk in knee-deep snow, going up and down, it it was just, it was was horrible. Yeah, I bet. That's crazy. It was like... The fact that you'll like usually when they hate snow, so we mm-hmm. thought that snow was going to push them down to like 9,000 feet, they stayed up to 12,000 feet. So we were trying to hunt at eight, oh my 9, gosh, feet, so we were never going to find them. So it, it was just nuts. Uh, so elk hunting is Hard. one of the most challenging things I've ever had. But That's awesome. crazy. What so okay, let's let's take a few steps back here and let's talk about mm, a first generation hunter. Let's talk about me, yeah. like I've never been hunting. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Besides our, you know, few chats, I have no idea how to do it. Like, not even like where to aim on the the deer or the elk or the turkey, but <laughs> like first steps. Like, what are the first steps? Like, if I wanted to start hunting, whenever it was open season for turkey, two weeks, what mm-hmm. would I have to do first? So obviously, you have to have a place to to hunt. Um, okay. now, now Texas is is largely owned like by privately owned. Um, so we don't have a lot of public land here, like, uh, as opposed to like Arizona or Utah or Colorado that has public land that anyone can go on and do. Um, so the first step would be finding a secure area that you're allowed to hunt. Right. Um, AKA like a deer lease or some sort of land, um, Mm. like that, as well as find your, uh, I guess, weapon of choice, whether Mm. you're going to have a shotgun, whether you're going to have a rifle crossbow or a compound bow Mm. or whatnot. So that, that's what I'd say is pretty much find a place and kind of identify what you want to hunt, like what's important to you. Because um, duck hunting is another thing that's just, it, that's just popular a different in Texas. kind of fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I started training my lab is because of hunting waterfowl. And so using right. that as a conservation tool, because you know how many birds are lost or, you know, you'll, you can't find them in the weeds or they'll duck behind and, and they'll get winged or wounded. But with dogs having that extra scent, knowing, you know, where to find them you'll lose so many like less birds. Oh. So that that's again just another subset of hunting and a first generation hunter taking a dog, training them. I've never trained a dog before to waterfowl hunt until this year and that's like another facet of first generation hunting. Wow, so that's cool. So yeah, so she she's an 8 month old uh, chocolate lab named Maya, Maya purebred. Yeah, she's great, man. She's, she's a little uh, cutie. 
she's a she's a bruiser and she was the biggest <laughs> of her litter and i wanted her to that way i wanted her to be like you know not scared and uh she's eight months old and she's 60 pounds right now she's whoa she's big dude yeah that's so, cool bro she's a sweet do you give her some of your game meat that you have like whenever you make your your meat do you ever give her some of it so i've taken her out to the lease as i'm uh quartering and uh, cleaning the animal and she's you know she's eating here and there and like some you know some blood like simple dog stuff but i, I don't like to give her like raw meat usually okay um but you know with feathers and dove uh she has like she knows what a frozen dove is and she's had some feathers in her mouth like she understands what they are um but i wouldn't like actual feed her meat okay. so she's had like cooked deer meat before like backstrap and stuff like that so. yeah but not like a lot just to get a, a, a that's cool. taste of it yeah. that's cool man so yeah. so find the land figure out what you want to hunt with yeah. whether it's rifle or bow or yeah, knife yeah. and predicate on like what what animal do you want to hunt right you're not going to hunt a duck with a rifle <laughs> <laughs> or a bow yeah. unless you're pretty good at aim <laughs> right, right? <laughs> Uh, that would be hilarious. Thanks for that mental picture. Um, yeah, and it's just, again, a lot of people, what they'll do is like deer hunt, right? And and again, an entry-level, uh, more universal way to hunt deer in Texas is have like a deer stand, sit in it. You have a feeder with the fence or a pen around it and, you know, certain times. Right. And then the deer will come in. You find the one you want to harvest and, and you, you know, you take your shot. Yeah. Um, which there's nothing wrong with that. And that's usually how a lot of people grow up or start hunting. And that's yeah. what I did as well. You know, grow up hunting. It's probably not, the easiest hunting, way. That was my, yeah. my first experience hunting, if you will. What do you, so when you go on a hunt, regardless if, of if it's in Colorado Springs or wherever, what do you bring? Mm-hmm. Um, again, let's just say if it's, let's say Colorado, I'm elk hunting in Colorado, obviously my bow. Uh, and just gear to to go hiking or backpacking in the woods. You know, I'll have like uh, cold gear. I'll have uh, rain gear because you know in the mountains you have afternoon storms every every day. You know, um, and then I'll just be prepared to live um, in the backcountry for for three to four days. And that's the equipment that that's my mindset is. Look, I want to get so far back here that it's off the beaten path. It's away from everybody. Best chance of finding this animal. You know. And then I want to be able to be there for, for three or four days so I can, you know, take it from there and go even farther. And that's like kind of like my satellite camp. Yeah. Um, so that's my mindset is if I'm going to go hunt elk, I'm packing in like I'm going backpacking. Uh, if I'm going to go hunt duck at my lease, I'm going to bundle up because it's going to be cold and wet, you know? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it predicated on what day or what month I'm hunting deer because it, it opens in November, closes in January. Um, if it's early season... You have early, mid, and late season. If it's early season, it's still hot in Texas. Yeah. So I'm wearing as much camo, the lightest, like, material I can. Um, And I'll probably have a lot of flies around me, you know? And so I just have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and flies, like, flying into your insides of your eyes and your nose and being still and and trying to get, you know, better. So it's all situational. It's all time of year. And it's all, like, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you have staples? Like, of course, like the most extreme I know people have, sometimes they'll bring like water uh, filters or like something to clean their water. If they Mm -hmm. find it, I guess if they run out, that's usually for people that go pretty far in and camp out like right yeah so so one of the things is you want hydration and and multiple ways to to get clean water whether that's like a sterile pen that that you put in your water source or like a hydration pump or like those life straws excuse me you can actually just like suck uh, the actual pools of water um yeah i mean that's that's one thing i'll do is i'll have a bladder and then i'll have like something that screws on to a water bottle 
And basically what I'll do is I'll fill the water bottle up in the stream, screw on the little uh, attachment that, that filters it, and you can just pour it directly into your mouth and, and it'll filter it out 90%. Wow. So. That's cool. And I guess that we're normally where you hunt, you're probably not going to need anything more than that. Like you're not going to need something that's going to like kill, I don't know, all the bacteria because the water's probably not that dirty where you're going, right? Right. So so whenever we hunted uh, uh, elk last September, it, there was so, so much snow everywhere that once it melted in the middle of the day, it would flow from the stream. So flowing water's you know, a little bit easier than stagnant water. Right. I, w- I probably wouldn't trust the stagnant water or, or do some sort of two, two methods to, to sterilize that. Um, but we had so much, you know, running water, we felt comfortable now like switch that over to the deer lease. We have a 79 acre lake on that back 300 property. Oh, nice. So like, that's where we hunt the duck. Um, so I would, you know, use that as my main water source if I had to, but nine times out of 10, we would, we'd bring enough water to last us. Right. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Dang. That's pretty wild, man. What do you have any crazy stories out there? Like, has anything crazy happened to you guys being on those elk hunts? Like, you said you saw a black bear. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I'm with a, a, a buddy of mine, uh, Tyler, and I'm I'm gonna film him to call in some elk. Um, so I look right past him, and I just see this black bear just just run across this meadow, and right as it gets to the middle of it, it just stands up, big chested, and like turns around and like is looking for something. And we're like, oh my gosh, if it sees us, and I'm thinking worst case scenario, like every bear attack scene in every movie just flashed through my eyes and i was like okay i just have to outrun tyler <laughs> i'm a fast guy i used to play cornerback oh i can do it just chop 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 that's funny um take the camera and just run uh, you know so um, but it, but basically it stops and two smaller bear come running out and it's her cubs mm. so we saw a, a sow and uh two of her cubs you know run out and that was really cool um you know, and and the crazy thing is, is is what you find in the middle of the woods. You mm-hmm. find some pretty crazy things, and we we came across a carcass of an elk, but oh. the way that it was, um, like, the way that it looked like it died, we're like, what? It looked like it just got ripped out by the throat and the stomach. That was it, and like everything was still pretty much decomposing on this side, but it wasn't like torn open, and then the throat was like torn open and then like the body cavity so it just it could have been rodents i'm not a you know a biologist and that means you know, yeah right just this, the things that you run into in the back like country and woods it's it's just it's kind of crazy that is crazy i can't imagine dude i want to i want to try it i've mm-hmm. always wanted to try it i've had buddies throughout all throughout like yeah. you know school it's it's a mental check it's yeah. a gut check like there's been so many times i'm climbing up the side of the mountain and every switchback i mean I'm saying some words that I'm like, I'm, I'm putting words together that don't make sense because it just, you're so frustrated. And in that moment, it's like, dude, this is tough. And it just keeps going and keeps going. And then when you finally get to the top of the hill, it's like, or the top of the mountain, it's like, this is just the start of it. You know? Yeah. You got, you, you have another couple thousand feet to go. Jeez. You know? It's, um, it's definitely a gut check. So that's crazy. So like all, all the guys that, and I'm sure like, Guys that, that that chase wild meat, like you know, Joe Rogan has done it before. The Steve mm. Ranellas and then like the Cam Haynes, uh, Cameron Haynes, like those guys are in shape for a reason, man. Like it, it is a, it, it's tough. Yeah, like, it, it's absolutely tough to go hunt elk. So I believe it, man. Mm-hmm. What's the? I mean, so elk are obviously humongous. Like yeah. how much? So compare like a deer that you would hunt here in Texas compared to an elk. How much meat would you get from each if you were to you know clean harvest? 
and nothing were to go wrong on your, you know, when you're quartering it and packing it up. So like the biggest deer that I've seen that I put down, maybe a couple hundred pounds. Okay. Um, elk, you'll probably have a couple hundred pounds of meat after it's been like processed and you have a couple hundred pounds of meat to take home. Like, wow. It's, it's like it, the scale, it's the same animal. Like as you gut a, a deer and as you process a, a, a white tailed deer, just think about like four X scale. It's the same thing and the way to do it. It's just way bigger scale. Wow. So it's just like the massiveness of animal. It's just, it's just, it's impressive every time. Um, we, we were coming back uh, from a hike after not being successful. Yeah. And uh, we just see this guy drive with the, with the mule, like a, like a four, a side by side. And he had this huge, like just this huge head on it. This, this uh, elk's head was on the back, but it's rack was probably like three feet above the top of, and it was just so impressive just to see something that, and then hearing the story, basically he said he's been hunting that area for eight years and he's a, like an old substitute teacher at a, at an old college. And he said, he's been hunting that area for eight years. He finally got a shot on a bull elk. And he said, and we were like, well, you know, how far were you? What was it? He said he put his pen up and the elk covered his whole bow. So it was so close that when he had a full draw, that thing was bigger than his entire bow. So that thing was probably here to you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So if he would have missed that, he would have been a freaking idiot. <laughs> yeah, that would have been Nah, like, probably nerves. Yeah. I'm sure you get nervous, like just with anything Imagine else that you're eight super. Eight years trying to trying to pursue something yeah. and finally having one opportunity. Yeah. But that's just elk hunting. And I mean think about white white tail hunting. That's all I didn't I didn't harvest a a, a buck this year because they were just so pretty. I was looking at them and I didn't have an opportunity that I felt uncomfortable enough. To take that shot. Yeah. So I just ended up watching it. What what's a what's a comfortable range for you? I guess I should say it's like what what would make you feel uncomfortable in that shot? Um. So anything like past thirty yards for me, and it's all depend on how they're standing. Like if it's broadside, meaning like if it's this way, and here's the here's the front, here's the the rear, and it's just looking sideways. It's my favorite shot. I mean, you you have your perfect target. If it's quartered away from you, meaning like his face is this way, his butt's towards you. Yeah, I mean, that's not my favorite shot. It's still, you, you hit vitals, and it's not a bad shot to take. But I would say broadside just because you can, it's everything's right in front of you. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a layup, but it's it's it's, it's the, your, it's it's the, the easiest shot. It's the best possible scenario. Yeah, for best possible target for that. And, okay. and I would say 30 yards and in. 30 to 20 yards. Yeah. Um, anything outside of that, I wouldn't feel comfortable to take. Yeah. So for a non-hunter, I always thought that you were supposed to shoot deer in the head. Isn't that crazy? So, yeah, I mean, so I, I've heard the thing, you know, shoot it in the neck to harvest the meat and, you know, you know, whatever the case may be, I'm, I'm not for that. Like, I, I would rather double lung it, shoot it in its vitals, it expires as quickly as possible in the most humane way. Like, think about it, that deer was going to die by infection, die by broken leg and coyotes, die by, you know, getting chased into water by coyotes yeah. or whatnot. I'm killing it, or, or, like, in the most humane way possible, and it's going to not suffer as opposed to those other ways. Right, so. yeah, because if it got, like, mm-hmm. if another predator came and mm-hmm. was trying to tear that thing up, yeah. it would be horrible for it, you know? And that's why I wanted to show this right here. So there, there's two kinds of um, tips, if you will. There's fixed blade and then there's mechanical. So basically the mechanical will be folded in, and once it hits, it'll spread with the idea that look how much, like, like slice that's going to be. So that's two yeah. and a half inch slice. So that's going to cause massive amount of bleeding, to, to really expire it that fast. So oh. that's that's what uh, that's what you want pretty much. It's like, check that out. 
Dude, this looks like a this legit looks like a bullet. Like a grappling hook, yeah. And, oh, oh, like a bullet part. Yeah, and that's what that's what it's made to do. I mean, obviously Jeez. it's made to punch through. Um, yeah. So yeah. you shoot it when it's closed. Yep. And then and it as opens it hits, with the wind. It'll open oh, as the... it hits. Oh, yeah, it'll open shoot. and it'll cause the damage. Um, that's and you'll know. Crazy. You'll know when you hit. I mean, you can hear it. And then what does it sound like? No. It, it sounds more like. Uh, like throwing a rock, you know, like a, like a pallet, you know, like a pallet. If you stand it up and you throw a rock and it hits in between, it's just like, like a loud knock, like yeah. a rib knock. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it sounds like. Cause it's punching through ribs. Oh, that's um, kind of crazy. But yeah. Um, and this is a, uh, that's a fixed blade. That's a, yeah, that's a fixed blade broadhead. So are they all um, called broadheads? What does broadhead mm -hmm. mean? That's, that's what you call them. They're broadheads. Yeah. Broadheads. So, okay. and then you have, uh, you have like field tips, which you train on. Yeah. So doesn't have doesn't have any remains on that, but you can see the difference. Again, it's all preference. Some guys like mechanical, some guys like fix. So that's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty wild, bro. Which one do you prefer, or do you uh, shoot with both? You just whatever. So okay, so like I I follow Joe Rogan. If you can't tell by the uh, mm -hmm. setup here, who bro Jogan? Um, <laughs> I follow Joe Rogan. So Cam Hands, of course, I've been introduced to him, which mm -hmm. he's like a. I would say if you could have a professional hunter, mm -hmm. he is the like top of the line, you know? Yeah, it's it, funny because I didn't know who Cameron Haynes was until you you showed me who yeah. he was on his Instagram. I was like, oh, this guy's kind of legit. Yeah, savage. Like, <laughs> yeah. not even with his hunting, but his hunting yeah. is like, I've, I've honestly learned a lot through him just yeah. on his Instagram because he's super passionate about it. He's been doing it for like, you know, 25, 30 years. Oh, and, yeah. And, and so, you, like, it's a staple of like, like, and what I love about Cameron Haynes is he's like five arrows, five bull elk, and he has it sided in where and how many yards. Like, that that's pure. Like, that's purism right there. Like, yeah. He didn't have to take more than one shot. Everything was true. That That's respect. That, I have absolute respect for that. Yeah. That's, that's inspiring. Cool. Yeah. That's cool because it's like, so basically what I'm trying to get at is that he's like, okay, I have this tip on my bow. I have this, what's it called? The bow? The, the actually... The actual thing that you would put that on like are you talking about the actual arrow arrow uh-huh yeah arrow yeah and then you have your broadhead that you put on the arrow so he's like all right i have this broadhead mm -hmm. i have this arrow and i know the weight of each of them mm -hmm. and so i'm only going to practice with these because this is the only thing i'm going to shoot for this next hunt i got coming up yeah. and he'll shoot like a hundred it's like it's like shooting free throws right like mm -hmm. of course you can't have the same ball you're not going to practice with the same ball mm -hmm. you're going to shoot with unless you know whatever but sure like he uses the same, yeah, weight and everything. All okay. the gear, so he yeah. gets a hundred percent like just dialed zoned in. in, dialed in, and then he just makes his kill, and it's like effortless. For him. I mean, it's just, I'm sure he probably still gets nerves and yeah. stuff, but oh yeah, I mean, the day I don't have that like jumping feeling when I see something in my my target scope or my my sights, the day I don't feel that will be the day I stop hunting. Really? It, yeah, because it's like every time, every time it's just like that excitement, you know? Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, what what would it take for me to go out to a hunt with you? Um, landowner permission, honestly, because oh, you yeah. got to think about that, and that's that's one of the risks you run nowadays. Is there's so many like liabilities with land and people coming out on that. You know, if someone gets hurt, you know, something hunting guns or whatnot, someone gets hurt. Um, so what what the lease that that I'm on is we just have an addendum. Basically, you have to sign, being hey, you know, I'm I'm here under my own free will. If anything happens, like I I release you guys of any legal action. Stuff like that. And it's just so many legal jargon and, like, just, you know, things you have to go through and, like, yeah. semantics. But 
that's what it would take just to make sure everyone's cool with that and um, you know <clears> making sure you're available and not doing all these podcasts because you're like a, a celebrity now you know mm. true I could take a you know take a break from this though I would like to go hunting I would, I would like to go hunting with you because you know what you're doing yeah you know no I don't want to go with like not to say like any of my friends don't know what they're doing but I I, I know how you are and I've seen kind of how detailed and, and involved you get once you kind of yeah. find something you're passionate about like you oh, were with sure. guns for a while like you're super like top tier on gun safety and all that stuff yeah you go all in is what i'm trying to say oh, yeah. you know like most, yeah. most of my buddies like whether they're all in or not they like you know they're like oh okay i have this gear i'll, I'll leave it here till the next season and then they won't usually mess with it until next season or mm-hmm. practice their skill or mm-hmm. uh they're just casual hunters you know like so I would like to go with somebody like sure. that's super involved and super oh, yeah. knowledgeable about it. I'll nerd out with you about everything and like <clears throat> why I set up here and like, you know, oh, like the moon phases as well. And yeah. like, what are the deer doing right now? What is pre-rut? What is rut? You know, what is, what is happening? Why are these deer's necks getting fat? You know, why yeah. are they grunting? Why, why are they chasing as many does as possible? Why do they have their head down? I just nerded out. But it's, all that stuff is important though. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and that takes watching deer and, yeah and you always hear like how how do guys get better at hunting i'm telling you the best thing you can read books you can you can youtube the best thing and no substitute is just going there and watching deer yeah. watching deer and watching it and over the years you'll start to know them and know where they bed down or they transition or they eat you know and it's just cool so is so in terms of a lease would that be why people like lease out land instead of just like doing like a drop-in day, like if you like pay, I don't even know if that's possible, but mm-hmm. like let's say I'm Aaron, I want to start hunting. I wouldn't just go from lease to lease seeing if I could get on because then you don't really learn their patterns. You kind of want to stick to like routines and like, is that part that, of it? That, that's an interesting way to think about it. Um, I, I would err more side on the landowner. So I'd say like I wouldn't just want random guys running through my land that don't take appreciation for right. it. You okay. know, if someone's going to be there all season and put forth effort to make, plots and like food plots and build feeders and like you know set up spots they're going to take a little bit more pride in it right uh, that's ultimately where my mind would go on it but i'm sure they do have like pay here for this ranch and you can go hunt pronghorn or or antelope if you will like on on like near uh, new mexico like west texas stuff with Mm. just huge vast ranches you can actually ask landowners and they have tags that they'll sell to people to come hunt antelope that's cool so if I was to hunt here, I have to get a tag first, of course. Well, you um, have to get a hunting hunting license, right? And you have to do license. like hunter's education course. Uh, for you taxes. have to do that. You can defer it up to a year. So oh, um, cool. like what I did is uh, I, I got my hunting license my first season again. Green didn't know what to do. Uh, deferred my hunting license for a year and then took it before I got my my second year hunting license. Mm. Um, but yeah, so you do want a hunting license, a uh, hunter's education course. Um, that we probably should love with that. That's first and foremost. Which yeah, you know, it's you know, right, stay so. legal, absolutely. Um, People and have then, to... uh, yeah, then, then a place to actually hunt. So yeah, it, as long as you get your license, man, like we, we can, I can probably facilitate like a hunt. You know, if not for spring turkey, we can absolutely hunt hog because that's all year round. Um, mm, yeah, and that's and just. Then, yeah, that's yeah. and that's pretty big game here in Texas, right? People. Yeah, because you got to think a lot of guys have have ra- like ranches, right? And yeah. hog, feral hogs, they root up the ground and kind of destroy the land, so they're kind of looked as a pest. Yeah. So they're they're able to hunt year round because think about it, if you have a million dollar land and you know quarter million dollars is getting messed up by right. pig. Yeah, you you should be allowed to to kill you know, exterminate them. Yeah, to kill them, exterminate them. Yeah. You ever gone hog hunting with just a knife? 
Um, one t- no, no, I did not. One time, no, no, that'd be scary. Not, hogs are pretty, guy. they're pretty gnarly, right? Yeah, so uh, in college, we used to trap hogs on uh, on a, I used to cowboy in college, believe it or not, and in Sam Houston in uh, Huntsville, Texas, uh, we would trap hogs. And every time we trapped a hog, I was so scared because as soon as you walk up to that, I think I got a little bit of a country accent thinking about that. Um, <laughs> no, every time you walk up to that pen, man, those things are so nasty and they're so aggressive and they're running into these steel beams Ugh. full speed and it's just like, ting, ting. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it'll wig you out, bro. Yeah, it'll wig you out, man. Yeah, so. That's cool, bro. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go hunting with you. Yeah, absolutely. So I have, a, I have a few things I wanted to show you as far as hunting and like I want to show the camera there. This is, um, this is uh, one of the bucks I've got. Uh, in the previous and the lands that we had or the, the lease that I had um, and you can tell like it's not really a good mount because uh, I, oh, I didn't shoot. really understand I was holding how to it, mount like, it I was holding it like this but like oh. this is his head like yeah, this right yeah it's backwards. So, so you want it it's up so those those the very close ones those brown tines yeah they'll be straight up they'll be straight up mm -hmm. yeah like that that's how it sits on their head yeah just like oh that. shoot yeah maybe a little bit farther back yeah just like that mm-hmm Yep. That's like his eyebrows right there. Bro. <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. So you can see how, how thick his beams are. He Dude, was a little like, older deer. Yeah. It seems like it's crazy. wood. What is this? So um, I, it, I, I wish I knew. It's kind of like your nails, if you will. I wish mm -hmm. I was more nerded out and, and knew the science behind it. But what's awesome about white-tailed deers, um, white-tailed deers, white-tailed deer is they'll actually shed those antlers every year. Um, so those things will actually pop off and they'll just be like little like nubs they yeah look like little red and then they'll start growing their their next years and by the, by the time um hunting fall season. happens yeah they'll actually they're have this big already yeah they get these, that big and like so fast about yeah. a year absolutely and then lastly i want to talk about this this is an axis deer so axis deer have like the oh, white spots shoot. on it and it's more like that. This is the brown tine on it. So Oh, that's the um, inside small one? Yeah, that's the inside small one. Oh, my gosh. One. Yeah, so axis deer are exotic animals. This is crazy. Um, so you can, you can hunt those in Texas year-round on like a high fence game ranch. So um, what's really cool about that one is um, there's this guy that owns a high fence game ranch outside of Austin, and he hired me to come take pictures of his, his deer. Mm. And when I was on the property, I, I found this actually – um, with a whole bunch of other ones in his garage and I asked him if I could have him. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I didn't like find it laying around or anything. Oh, so he was, was just like, like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, it was just with a whole bunch of other ones. So he That's had, like, awesome. Just mounds of it. So yeah. is that is that who your connection is up in Colorado or wherever that was? No, not at all. No. Okay, don't 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 spoil it. I won't. Can't give away the secrets. That's man. cool though, bro. Yeah. How, so what would it take for? I mean, of course, you probably wouldn't want to take a rookie out on a first like an elk hunt, but like, what would it take for a guy like? For a girl like you to date a guy like me, for for that, well, what I would say, love that movie quote. Um, <laughs> what I would say is, do what I did and just offer to uh, like like photographic and document I'll photograph it. it. Yeah, and then uh, for you that, and then just throw a little bit um, like towards the the actual tag, like pitch in on it or, or throw on twenty bucks. Yeah, two two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, two hundred. Okay, two hundred grand for one yeah. tag. Yeah, that's it, man. All right, for life. Is that the tag? <laughs> for life. For life. Uh, no, so yeah, that's that's kind of like how I started. It was like, hey, look, I'll, I'll help carry the meat. I'll pitch in for the tag and I'll document it if you let me come. So, but I mean, essentially, if you're pitching in for a tag and he gets it, mm -hmm. you're getting a little bit of meat, right? Like he, a lot of meat, yeah. Like how much would you say? Like what if so, you? But you got one before you said. So how much were you given at? Like 
how much meat did he give you like in poundage? So poundages? like I, I probably had a hundred pounds of meat or so. Okay. Like, so my, the bottom of my, like my freezer is still full of ma- majority elk. Like I have ground, uh, hamburger, I have elk cuts. I have, I have a lot. So it's so, probably going to last me until, you know, next season for sure. So let's think of this in terms of a guy like me who eats, you know, a hundred pounds a week. Yeah. Uh, how much would that last me? So I eat elk or wild game at least once or twice a week. Okay. And and I don't buy ground beef anymore. All my ground beef is wild game ground beef. Jeez. So, yeah. So I, I don't buy any of that. And then the like, kids like it as well. So nieces, nephews, small kids. It's a great way to introduce them. Right. It's right. like ground beef, right? Or, or yeah. like ground ground venison. Um. So for you, I mean that that would last you by yourself two years. Like, Jeez. like I, I a whole elk two, or yeah, a yeah a whole elk yeah, oh two years, okay yeah. like for amount of, like if you're eating like a slice uh, wild game like once a week once or twice a week yeah it should last you a couple years for sure wow that's um, crazy so I always get wild game and I always give it out and I still have leftover so like um like my two my two deer that I got my two does that I got this season um like I still have ample ample amount of hamburger and ample amount of like actually yeah. backstrap cuts and yeah. loin cuts wow so, yeah. that's crazy um, that's pretty good i remember you cooked some for us that was venison right the burgers it was the burgers man and and I, let me get another round at that man. they were they were good i mean i, I ate two of them <laughs> they're yeah, huge you'll, you'll, eat, you'll eat anything yeah that's true I'll um, eat whatever but yeah so what, what i did was with the elk burgers uh i did elk and venison kind of mixed together and uh we did a couple of different ways and, and they're pretty good so with our our elk we cut it with pork um so because elk is so lean when you mix it you want to mix it with like we'll do like a pork shoulder and grind it both up Something together a little fatty mm-hmm. a little more fatty exactly mm-hmm. that's cool i didn't know that yeah when, when it's being processed is that how it works yeah so like so when guys like take their their deer to the processor, they'll ask them, "What do you want to cut it with?" And a lot of times they'll do it with pork fat, um, just to make it more, you know, obviously a fatter, a higher fat content, made it more kind of sticky yeah. together, and not just like a straight lean meat. So, so lean meat, like so, like I've had it, it would dry out. Gra- cook, yeah. Oh, okay. It, so it'd be like it'd be so lean, like you, you won't get the juice from the burger. You oh, know, okay. Like, like like the flavor. If you yeah, know. I've had like ninety. You know how they have like 10. ground turkey. Mm-hmm. I've had like ninety ten ground yeah. turkey before, and that stuff is so sticky when you're messing with it. Exactly, and it's like, but it's like so dry. It's yeah. not like you can't really form it, and then like yeah, it's just like it dries out when you cook it. Right? Okay, so. so that's oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so it, it's lean meat. It's like absolutely. Lean it's like meat. one of the best meats you can have, right? It's like really really good for you and high in oh, protein. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. th- there's been so many studies on like wild game meat diets and or meat only diets right? yeah um and and my preferred way for elk or any type of venison steak is on the air fryer i don't know if you ever had an air fryer man not not steak fryer? i actually i mean i had some air fried food last night but i didn't i didn't yeah. have steak or i've never had meat in there like <laughs> so i just got turned on to this air fryer thing <laughs> no idea what else okay cool heard about it heard about it man i think it's gonna change my life like a good steak like a good slice of a backstrap four minutes on each side like oh man it's perfect perfect really oh yeah and i got it i got that recipe from the guy that owns the ranch he's like he's been he's been hunting elk his whole life wow this is this is the way to do it i was like okay sir tried it absolutely i would better than like on the grill or like reverse seared on maybe smoker yeah i I mean it's just that is my preferred way it's just wow it was was awesome do you sear it after do you you just i mean i'd seasoned it yeah and no and the air fryer just cooked it perfectly like on 400 and wow. just like cooked it perfectly it was, it was so good yeah that's insane i'm gonna have to try that i've yeah. never had any yeah. sort of meat in there other than 
Dead, I mean, chicken, but... Yeah. And, you know, predicated on how, how good the turkey goes, the turkey hunt goes, I'd love to come back and maybe we can do, like, a, a spatchcock turkey or, or some sort of, like, uh, spritzel turkey. You know, like, just breaded and flat. Sure, and, yeah. Uh, whatever whatever, whatever that means, yeah. I don't know what that means. Schnitzel? It's, yeah, schnitzel. My bad. What did I say? Spritzel? I schnitzel. Think. Yeah, schnitzel. So, like, a, a turkey schnitzel. I think Stephen Ranella does a great job of it on one of his uh, his episodes. And yeah. It's really good. So That's something I need more of from you to yeah. more cooking content on your Instagram, yeah. bro. You do it on your stories, but then it like, you know, they go away. So mm-hmm. we need more cooking, like maybe even recipes. Like I put it on the, you know, the Traeger for this amount of time. Then I flipped it. Then I did this. That. I'll do that. Dude, seriously, yeah. man, that's like a huge, like, a, uh, I mean, not really about the followers, but like mm-hmm. people care to know about that yeah. stuff. Like I just, ways to cook. It's just therapeutic, man. And like, again, food brings people all walk of life. Doesn't matter what religion, race, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are either. Like it, it'll bring people together. And that's what I, I love about food. I uh, love that about music as well. Like, so yeah. Makes man, the world it, go around, right? That's it, man. You know, we're what always was that here. Saying? What was that saying you used to say? Uh, people helping people is powerful stuff. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Amen. There it is. <laughs> there. All right, bro. Um, We've been yeah. in here for like, an hour and a half. What else do you want to talk about? Do you have anything else? I mean, honestly, I, I want to, if you do have any questions that, that pop up or if anyone does have any questions or, or want to further pontificate on some of these uh, mm. topics, I'd love to. I, I know we kind of went a roller coaster down some, Yeah, but that's just how it goes. That's us, just how it know? goes. It's it's so fun though, man. Yeah. I love, I really appreciate you coming in and yeah, it's, it's like a time trap, bro. It's already almost three o'clock and you got here like it's like one thirty, yeah, like one twenty something, yeah. Like one thirty, yeah. it's yeah. like it's moves so fast, it's so fun. I definitely want to have you back in here though, Bro, especially. I, I would love to, man. Yeah. We'll have to plan it out to where it's like in between, either in between your hunts, like in between seasons, because. Well, when is the seasons like? What so you said? Turkey's yeah, so coming it's up. spring turkey. So spring turkey starts April third, and I think it goes into into May. Don't quote me on that. I'm sorry, I don't know the actual. Um, and then. You have Dove, which opens September 1st, which is still hot in Texas. So we might do that. That's a good entry hunt because it's like in cornfields and it's shotguns and you guys are spaced out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we can absolutely do that in, in my buddy's uh, land. So let, let's let's pencil that in and we can we can get you behind a shotgun. Have you ever shot a shotgun? Never before? have. Oh, man, this will be fun. So we can have clay pigeons. They're called clay pigeons. But yeah. They're the little like uh, orange discs that you throw. And you shoot ski. Yeah. So yeah, we can absolutely do that. I'd love that. That'd be and we could document it. I dude, I would I'm so down for that. Yeah. It'll document whatever. It's so fun. Yeah. Now I got this little mm-hmm. HD thing. So so that's early like uh, September and then November first is deer season. If you November first is November first. I mean that's that's let's go, baby. And then elk is September, like, you know, so it's like oh, go time, baby. Dang. So um, you are going to go elk hunting this season. You're, you're going to go twice. twice. Yeah, so I'm going to go uh, early season in September where it's supposed to be the rut and like bow hunting it. And yeah. then I'm going to go late season in November, which is like second rifle. And then Colorado has first, second, third rifle. Um, so it's like they space it out. So I normally Smart. go in second. Um, because third rifle, I mean, it, it's if you can make it as the ranch owners, if they can make it through first and second season rifle, third season, it's like. Yeah. Slim picking, so we like to get right in the middle. That's we smart. don't have all the people rushing to get first season, and it's kind of like the sweet spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you taking the your guy with you that you, you normally take? You you and a buddy normally go on these trips together, right? Um, yeah. So we we have for the guy that we actually hunt on the ranch for in late season, we have a, a subset of four that we go, and uh, it's kind of like 
they're we're, we're blooded in to go to go get elk and you know bring yeah. it back to the family. And then in early season September, I have a buddy uh, from back home. He's my best friend from from high school. Brandon Mobley would would come with me, and he's he's a great bow hunter as well. And he's never never harvested a, an elk, so we're both chasing that dream of, of first getting a wow. Bow so, are y'all both yeah. gonna get a tag, or you're, you're gonna split it? Uh, so what we did is last year we split a tag. Um, I think this year we'll probably get I'll probably get um, cow or elk tag, and you can get either sex. And then he might get a bull elk tag, and we might go about it. So just in case we do see a cow, I can take the take the shot, and we'll feel confident about that. That's so. awesome, bro. That's so cool to look yeah, forward man. to. Yeah, dude. Tim, I'm gonna get you out of here. But what kind of social media do you have, and like, what do you like? Just shout out your social media and like whatever projects you got coming up. Yeah, it, it's just Tim Kennedy, um, Tim underscore Kennedy, and Kennedy in the E's have uh, threes on them, but. Um, you can always, uh, check it out. I'm sure we'll get tagged on that. Yeah, and, I'll take uh, it. man, yeah, I'm just super excited what you're doing. Keep up the great work on your end and, uh, I'll Thanks be happy so. to come back whenever you have me, man. I, I, I really want you to start your own though. Cause I know mm-hmm. you've had that dream and that kind of that goal of yours to start it. it yeah. Ha- I'm doing it every week. I'm trying mm-hmm. to just be consistent, but yeah. uh, it doesn't have to be every week. You do it every mm-hmm. once a month. Well, see, so here, here's, here's my angle. I'll dive into the hunting stuff. So if you want to know, I'm kind of the subject matter expert on it. You keep doing what you're doing here, and then when I have questions, you'll be the subject. All right, man. that sounds good, you know, bro. People helping people is powerful, powerful stuff, stuff, man. <laughs> All right, Timmy, thank All you right, for coming in, bro. Thank you so much, man. Right. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you.